Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, March 1, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. The first thing we're going to do is address the elephant in the room. Elephant is the echo or the potential echo that you're hearing in the recording. I lost the carpet in my office, therefore... My voice is bouncing off the walls, off the floor, who knows where. I'm addressing the issue. I'll get it resolved sooner than later. And by the way, just for the record, I did read my wife the riot act about this change from carpet to a floor that echoes, but apparently it went on deaf ears. You know what she told me? She said, and this is in response to my saying, the videos are going to sound like crap. You know what she said? They're coming for the information. She learns well. Let's take a look at the daily chart. We'll pick it apart. What we're doing is trying to identify what's jumping off the page. So there's a couple of things right out of the chute, maybe three things that jump off the page at me. Thing number one is on Friday, they spiked through and closed above the 50 period moving average. Now, after Friday's close, and it was a poor close on Friday, I think we should go back to get a point of reference. This is Friday's candle, the last 10 minutes of the trading session, Pretty big decline, kinda looked like they were throwing the baby out with the bathwater into the close. Could have meant anything goes leading into the opening of Futures Sunday night into Monday. However, we got the gap up Sunday night and they kept going. It turned out to be a gap and go. Okay, fair enough. That was thing number one. It was really the 50 period moving average, not how they closed them on Friday and all that stuff. Thing number two, and this is really thing number 1.5, is the shenanigans tail candle from today's activity. Look where the low is from today. Let me move this over so you can actually see the numbers. The low is listed at 380.57, but we know the market wasn't down there. Here's today's hourly chart, and the low of day, this is the 10.30 candle, the candle ending at 10.30. The low of day was 385.57. 54. So we have a shenanigans tail candle on our hands. What does that mean? Well, we don't really know exactly what it means, but what we do know is they generally go to a gap. So here's that hourly chart once again, and here's the closing print from Friday. 380.32, pretty close to that closing price on Friday. What did they do? Monday morning, they gapped up, so the closing price is in fact the gap. Now, Most gaps, all gaps, over time will be filled. So guess what? So what do we do with this information about the tail candle? We have an awareness that at some point in time, they're going to come back to fill the gap. And when they start heading for that number, we're going to remember the shenanigans tail candle, and they're likely going to find some kind of bull bear battle around that number. It's nothing definitive. It's just a shenanigans tail candle, and I'm just explaining to you the way I think about it. Thing number two on the daily chart is really where they went today. So they had a huge rally today, obviously, right? The S&P 500 was up tremendous. The actual cash index was up 2.38% or 90 handles. The S&P was up over $9 on the day. So here's the deal. Where were they going? Well, today, obviously early on, we didn't really know exactly where they were going because you don't know that the S&P is going to be up 100 handles on the day before the market opens. But here's the situation. The closer they began to get to 
the top of what? The breakdown candle over here, right? The one from, and let's just get the exact day, the one from the 25th of February, where did they go? They were running a test of the vicinity or in the vicinity of the top of said breakdown candle. They do the same thing over and over and over again. You don't necessarily know that that's happening until it begins to materialize, but they do it all the time. We talk about it in here all the time. Nobody should be surprised that once the market began to get closer, that price zone, that area becomes magnetic. By the way, what else did that price zone coincide with? Well, I'll give you a hint. Coincided with a big fat round number around 390 in the SPY, more importantly, around 3,900 in the ES or the S&P 500. So guess what? The closer you get to those type of numbers, the more magnetic they become, they draw price in. How do we know that? Because we watch it happen all the time. We talk about it in here all the time after it happens. So therefore, we know that it happens all the time. Thing number three, did they recock the gun after pulling back into the 50 period moving average? And here's the answer today. They want you to think they did. They may have, can they make new highs? Anything is possible. I can't take new highs off the table, but here's what I'll say about my third week in February situation. If in fact they close, and this was the same thing before, if they close above that number, above the high from this day here, which was the 16th of February, the high was 394.17. If they close above that high on the day, then I'm wrong. And then another price will become the high and the market will go down from there. And that's just the way it's gotta be looked at. By the way, what's the 384 and why is it on the chart? What does it represent? Well, here's the situation. That was my weekly number. It's actually slightly different than that but that's close enough. It's rounded to the next big fat round number or semi fat round number. So 384 based on a weekly close is in my book a poor close and what can begin additional selling. It's like another crossover into the Rubicon. Now, the market closed below there last week. Here's the weekly chart. And then all of a sudden, we're right back above. Does that take that situation and that number off the board? And here's what I'll say. The way I have to look at this, and I've seen this before, they do this kind of stuff all the time. So the way I have to look at it is, that was like a shot across the bow. The way I'm looking at it is, they kind of scaled down into the end of the week, they closed poorly, and then they snapped back to open the following week making you think everything is fine. Where does that sound familiar? We've discussed this over and over again in here. You're gonna see large swings in both directions. We've discussed that ad nauseum. In the midst of large swings in both directions, they're making things look like they're fine after they looked like they were gonna fall apart. That's the way the market works. Remember, the market's job is to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. Who runs the show on that stuff? Well, it's the Trick, Trap, Fool, and Frustrate crew, also known as Trick and Company. When we look at the weekly chart, we have no choice but to remind ourselves that the trend is your friend until she dumps you. So from a weekly chart perspective, they didn't even come within sniffing distance of the 20-week moving average. So what does that tell you? It tells you, A, you were still inside of the last weekly chart breakup candle, 
B, they never came even close to the 20-week moving average. C, the trend is your friend until she dumps you. But let's be reminded that everything has to start smaller and it morphs from there. So we were working off the third week in February. Fair enough. If they bust through that, we go back to the drawing board. I will mention one thing though. The email indicator seems to be working or back. I shouldn't say working because we don't know, but it seems to be back. So I've been getting a lot of emails throughout the day about, hey, looks like they recocked the gun. Looks like they're gonna make new highs. Looks like the Fed is gonna keep this thing going indefinitely. Looks like this, looks like that. And that's fine. It does look like that if that's what you're looking at. If you're listening to the media, you had the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. You have the constant discussion about once we reopen, the market's gonna take off, the economy's gonna take off. So I find that one interesting in and of itself. They may be right. Now, I'm just looking at the daily chart and I'm saying, hey, the market, even at the recent new highs or where we are now, is basically around all-time highs. What do they expect to happen when some of the restrictions get lifted from restaurants around town. Here's an example, kind of the thought process. You're gonna go inside my head for a minute, just bear with me. So we're looking at Disney. Disney's pushing all-time highs. It's in an uptrend. The stock has been fantastic. So here's the deal. We know that the parks aren't acting or operating at full capacity. That's fair enough. They've been dropping the prices, ticket sales, all that stuff. They've got limited capacity. They're operating on somewhat of a, we'll call it a Corona program. Then they have Disney Plus, which is their online content, which they've been beefing up that the analysts have been fawning over. So when we talk about a reopening, so Disney Plus is already doing well, so that's not going to accelerate. So the only thing that, it, based on the two things we just discussed, the only thing that's going to accelerate are the parks revenue. So even if the parks go fully open, is that really going to send the price of Disney up another 30 or 40 or 50 bucks? I don't see how that happens. To me, the way I have to look at this is all those reopening discussions are more in the hopium camp of what stocks might do as things or restrictions start to wane. But I'm thinking a lot of that stuff has to be baked in the cake, don't you think? It's just food for thought from where I sit. Net-net on the daily chart, closing back above all the moving averages for the time being. The trend is your friend until she dumps you. It is what it is. We'll see what happens on what? Turnaround Tuesday. Will they have a turnaround Tuesday or will we get follow through on Tuesday solidifying today's rally? We'll take a look at stocks on the move in addition to the commentary throughout the trading day from inside the numbers. We'll circle back to stocks on the move, but we'll go through the commentary. Obviously, since we had essentially a gap and go, what I'm going to do is run through the commentary. What I'm urging you to do is pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work, or just think about what happened today and double check the commentary, the work. What I can tell you is not a lot of actionable stuff took place in the SPY today. Why? Because it was a floater market. It was a short covering bonanza, an inflation party. It was a gap and go. During a gap and go type of situation across the markets, what they end up doing is taking the opportunity away from traders, away from day traders looking for 
a shorter term opportunity. If you were lucky enough or smart enough to buy the market on close on Friday, then you were having a great day as long as you held it. Who did that? I don't know anybody that did that, but I'm sure they're out there. They're just not friends of mine. If they were friends of mine, they would have told me to do the same. And we're moving right along into the end of the day. What we'll do is circle back to stocks on the move. And in doing so, we'll take a look at the charts of a couple of the issues. ORA, CD, and OTRK. Things were a little light this morning. We didn't have any names you know up on the board. Basically, everything was in the middle of that inflation party. We'll start with CD, little bit of a shit burger, entry of 2167 secondary, $20.72. They never got there on this run, so you didn't end up picking up the second half of the position. They go back to the first. Would have been okay for at least a base hit, but wound up and ending up to be somewhat of a screw job. They traded in and around the second number and then drifted lower for the end of the day. So what we say about this one is it didn't work. All the trades aren't going to work 100% of the time. Some don't work. We move on. OTRK opened below both numbers so it's off the board. However, if you read the notes, what you saw when I scrolled through is I mentioned another spot. As this thing was melting down in the morning, I said if they spike through 30, generally speaking, you're going to get support around that spot. Not generally speaking, I didn't say that, but that's what I just said now. So where's the low over here? How about $30.10? The low over here was $29.06. The problem is they didn't come straight into a spike of 30. They hovered, 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 busted it, and then snapped back. The point was that number worked, but it didn't work in the manner in which we prefer. How about ORA, Ormat Technologies, whoever they are? 82.30 was the number on the board. They didn't hit it in this run, making a low of 82.44 and doing the deal. They came back later. It's not the same trade. We know all that. The number worked anyway, but the point is it's not the same trade. But since, in fact, the number did work, look where this thing went to. From an entry, a supposed entry, a proposed entry of 82.30, the thing makes a high of 87.65. Really? Mama said there'd be trades like this or no trades like this. What have we got over in Camp IWM? We've got the same thing we've got in the SPY. It's a carbon copy. They're running up to test the most recent breakdown candle high area. They're above all the moving averages, so therefore we have to bring in the trend is your friend situation. And if, in fact, we're going to be the umpire calling balls and strikes, we must do this, which is a bullish flaggish, wedgish kind of thing. And if, in fact, this is going to continue above the moving averages and eat time off the clock up in this area, they're going to want to break to the upside once again. That's the umpire calling balls and strikes. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Never came close on this run to the 20-period moving average on the daily chart. Remember the canary thing. They're pushing on the former highs. They're basically at the former highs. And there's nothing wrong with this chart. The trend is your friend, yada, yada, yada. We must be the umpire calling balls and strikes. And on the flip side, when we check in with the folks out in Silicon Valley, 
we see a couple of different things. A, they never got to that area below or at 308 or below on that run. So we'll take it off the board. Not that they won't stop there when they come back down. We'll just take it off the board for now. We don't need it. What else we see on this chart is interesting as it relates to the position of the Qs on the chart. When you look at the Qs against the SPY, against the transports and other charts, the Qs are weaker. Is that telling us that money was coming out of the fan favorites of late? Meaning the big tech stocks, the Apples, the NVIDIAs, the Googles, the Netflixes, the Facebookses. Is money coming off the table in somewhat of a stealth format? That's generally the way it happens when markets are forming a top. And a top is a process. We talked about that several times. If we're the umpire calling balls and strikes, we really have to draw the opposite with the cues as we just did with the transport saying, hey, this is still in a bearish wedge-ish formation. If it continues to do this, they're building energy for another move lower. So we have divergences on the charts once again. Hey, whoever said this was easy? Big up day for the financials? They're pushing on the highs. Are they running a test of the breakdown candle from last Thursday? Maybe so, but getting above the high of that candle puts them in no man's land. For now, leading into Tuesday, it's just going to boil down to whether we see real bona fide institutional follow through across the markets, or do we see any kind of failure or something different? So we need more evidence. We need more data. About Smash Mouth. Now, Smash Mouth is above all the moving averages, so we have the trend is your friend thing, but also it looks similar, not the same, but similar to the cues. We can make a case that it's another recocking of the gun pattern, but if in fact we had market leadership in the semiconductor space, which is a proxy for the tech space as a whole, then we should really see the SMH already breaking out. They should look like the transports or better. Not that they can't break out or won't break out. I'm just saying what's in my head. We talked about the cues, so I think it's worthwhile to take a look at some charts of things that are overweighted in the cues. So we have stuff like Amazon. How does Amazon look? Well, it came into its 200-day moving average below the other three moving averages. So maybe they run a back test, maybe they don't, but here's the deal. Until and unless you get back above what's almost a convergence of the 20, 50, and 100 period moving averages, there's no dice for Amazon. They already gave up the 20 week moving average, so we're just keying in on positioning of stuff in the queues and where they are on the charts. About Apple. So Apple been held up by the 100 period moving average below the 50 and 20, but again, it looks different on the charts than most everything else. So money has been coming out of Apple, whether that was temporary or not remains a mystery, but it has been coming out of Apple long before the S&P top. How about at least three weeks before the S&P top? Facebook, similar situation. Are they fighting to bust out to new highs or are they contained being below some of the moving averages? Interesting. How about Mickeysoft? Not as bad as some of the others, below its 20 period moving average, held up by the 50, not too bad, but money still was coming out of Mickeysoft. 
Google, probably the best of the bunch, still in a very strong uptrend, but will this tail candle from the week ending the 19th of February materialize into a top and will it send them down toward the 20 period moving average and this big breakup candle low? Money coming out of NVIDIA, we know that the semiconductor space was ripped a new one over the last several trading sessions. Nevertheless, we have to look at the positioning on the charts and NVIDIA looks like the rest of the tech stuff with exception. So what we're noticing is money was coming out of some of the names we know. Interesting, of note, puzzle piece on the table. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. True and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.